Greetings in the name of Christ. This is the Hope to Hope podcast, a podcast that exists to share Christ, his truth, and his saving love for his people. To this end, we exist to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. I want to talk about the death penalty today. In our constitution at Hope Bible Church, we believe that the death penalty is biblical. When it is instituted and done rightly, we do not we believe that it is something that God allows in scripture for certain crimes. Well, you will know that it is a controversial subject because Christians do not agree on this issue. It is not a hill to die on, and so when Christians differ on it, we should allow and offer one another respect and honor the differences uh, that we, we, we have, knowing that it is not a, a major issue. Even within Hope Bible Church, there might be those who believe differently or feel differently about it uh, and there are those who <clears throat> and i would say this is a category that i fall in uh, who believe in it but would say that when it is um, done uh, it is it, it has to be delayed and people who have been convicted and sentenced to death have to be allowed the opportunity to still investigate uh, find proofs that they are not guilty until perhaps they have exhausted all avenues to prove their innocence uh, before they can be executed. But uh, that is a discussion for another time. But then I want to explain what we believe and how we see this in our constitution, knowing that if it is going to be instituted in South Africa, we will see it as something that is biblical. It is up to the government to decide but we should, above all, always make our arguments biblical. We should never make our arguments political. We should never make our arguments sociological and otherwise, and even medical. Our arguments should always be based on scripture, not even based on how we feel about the whole thing. <clears throat> but Christians should never celebrate the death penalty. Christians should, however, take satisfaction and pleasure in justice rightly applied. This may seem like a paradox when one thinks of the death penalty. People who kill people in self-defense wish that they were never attacked in the first place. Police who kill criminals in self-defense or in retaliation in the line of duty wish that they were never attacked in the first place. The military soldiers who defend the citizens by killing the enemies wish that the enemies should have never threatened the peace of the country in the first place. When people die in motor car accidents, those involved never rejoice even if they were not negligent. It is inevitable, however, in certain instances that lives will be lost, even innocent lives. It is inevitable because death is appointed by God, so no one can defend the loss of life absolutely. We may put all the measures in place to protect ourselves and be safe, but despite all of that, death will still strike. All but one incidence of death are understandable because of their necessity, inevitability, or their accidental nature. Murder is the exception. Murder is never acceptable because murder is the unlawful and intentional causing of the death of another human being. It is not allowed it is it is morally reprehensible act 
which requires appropriate punishment. Biblically, a death sentence is presented as a competent form of sentence for murder, particularly for the premeditated murder or planned murder. In the covenant that God made with humanity, that is the Noahic covenant, the death penalty finds its roots therein. God tells Noah that from every man, from every man's brother, I will require the life of a man. Whoever sheds man's blood by man's blood shall be, by his blood shall, or by man rather, or let me read that again, from every man, from every man's brother, I will require the life of man. Whoever sheds man's blood by man, his blood shall be shed. For in the image of God, he made men. And that is in Genesis chapter 9, verse 5b and verse um, 6. This is to mean that the death penalty is right for intentional, unlawful killing of another human being. It is necessary because whoever sheds men's blood takes life that is made in the image of God. In Romans chapter 13, we are told that the government have the God-given power to administer the death penalty. Government, God tells us, do not bear the sword for nothing, for it is a minister of God, an avenger who brings wrath on the one who practices evil. This is clearly talking about the death penalty. God can say this because he alone defines human life, it, its protection, dignity, and humanity. It is not up to us. He defines what is protect, protection of human life. He defines what is dignity. He defines what is humanity or what is humane. He alone has the sole right to give it and take it. He empowers the government then acting in his behalf to execute the death penalty for premeditated murder in order to protect the sanctity of life and to deter such crime. The deterrence is not only for the would-be offenders, but for the offender himself or herself to deter them from committing such, such a crime again. And this is a just execution of a murderer ordained by God and it is not murder itself. The death penalty in South Africa, as we know, it was abolished in 1995 in this well-known S versus Makonyan judgment. The, this judgment held that this form of punishment was unconstitutional because the right to life is protected in the constitution and any method used to take the life infringe, infringes on the inherent dignity and the right to life. <clears throat> and this basically meant that if the right to life and the right to dignity are protected, the death penalty is by default unconstitutional. But the Constitutional Court went further in that it equated the death penalty to being unjustifiably violent, cruel, inhumane and degrading and that is a redefinition of what god says what replaced the death penalty as a punishment in south africa then was the 
uh, prescription of minimum sentences for imposed by the courts for murder in certain um, instances. Uh, this is uh, an intricate part of the law, and I do not wish to, to go into it in details. But the harshest sentence that one could could get or could be imposed by a court of law is life imprisonment, which is 25 years. And, you know, you can get uh, parole after 25 years or you might spend the rest of your life in jail. And this raises an obvious question with an obvious answer. Is the life of a perpetrator of a violent crime such as murder protected? And the answer is yes. <laughs> Even someone who kills violently, their life is protected. And so I will look at this in a bit more detail tomorrow and just answer these questions and, and look at what the scriptures say in a bit more detail.